I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Suzanne. She has postpartum anxiety. Let's talk about it. A little bit of uh, oppressive yeah. baby talk. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> That's right. What, what we specialize in. Um, uh, so yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're Is sitting that the, here. That's how we're starting. That's it. That's how we're starting. We're sitting here with Suzanne. We're going to be talk. Just being. We're just going to bomb ourselves out with a bunch of postpartum conversation. Uh, <laughs> Suzanne. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Speaking of postpartum depression, um, which is what we're here to talk about. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't recall we've ever actually. Had a conversation about postpartum. Ha- have we maybe uh, once in the past? Yep. Um, we spoke with, um, um, uh, we're going to, in editing, we're going to have to take out all the, we're going to leave it all in the for space sure. that it took me to, um, <laughs> um, fuck, dude, I'm having a total brain fart. Um, you said it's so it. a friend of ours, friends of Siobhan, um, used to work in TV and t- uh, uh, broadcast. Yep. Fuck. Hey. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I've got her face CTV. plastered Glo- in my Glo- mind. Or CTV. Glo- here. No, I think yeah. it's global. Um, right. I, I'm having Starts to- with a C. I'm, ha- I'm having a total brain. Carly. Starts-, Starts with a C. No, I'm having a, like, I'm, like, it's like. It's <laughs> well, like you got to the- get it because, because then I have to cut all this out so that you, as soon as you say, I go, wow, Taylor, good job. You got that so quick. <laughs> I'm like, it's too far sure, gone. Sure. Uh, no, oh, you shit. It is a C. It's a sh- uh, I don't I don't think I remember it. It must have been a while ago. It was a long time ago. We we did it in your in your old house, Jer. The studio that we had in your old house. Wow, I forgot we even had that. <laughs> Make a note that uh, that's all studio. of this. I actually remember <laughs> the conversation very well. The only thing <clears throat> the only detail I cannot remember is the name of our guest. You know, <clears throat> like like most um recordings that we do, I feel like we've even if we haven't done many episodes purely on postpartum. We have talked about it through other conversations and um, when people have experiences, sort of their comorbidities. Um, but like most yeah. of those conversations, I don't remember what postpartum is. Um, so, Suzanne, what is postpartum? Okay, yeah, postpartum <laughs> is after birth. So it's usually classified, I think, as the year after birth. Um, but it kind of lasts forever, really, because there's always time after birth once you've had a baby. <laughs> yeah, every second moving forward from that moment. So postpartum <laughs> depression is is depression after birth um, based on the name. Yeah, so like I had postpartum anxiety. Um, Brian's powers of deduction here are amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. I think mostly you hear about postpartum depression, but I had postpartum anxiety and then I had serious insomnia. Like ah. it was intense for the first little while. So, so the there's immediate postpartum. Insomnia, insomnia, not 
<clears throat> not like we have an, a baby and the baby is uh, awake insomnia. Like, like you Legit cannot you cannot insomnia. go to sleep even even if the baby's sleeping. You're not sleeping. Yeah, and the minimum <clears throat> amount of time you have to sleep, I was not sleeping. I was just like an anxious mess. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that postpartum has different. Um, different disorders uh, attached to it. So you could have postpartum depression. You can have postpartum anxiety. Yeah. Um, There's others too. You can have postpartum psychosis where whoa, you like hallucinate okay. and have delusions and stuff. Thankfully, I didn't have that. I was worried I might since I didn't sleep for a week, but it's a... Uh, there's a lot of stuff that can go on. It's a vulnerable time. I'm sure I, you know that, Taylor. Well, yeah, <laughs> and and the thing that's sticking out to me right now, which is um, which which is, um, I, I appreciate at the level of I appreciate at the le- at the level of our family doctor here. Um, so when we go when we're going for our um, you know, like incremental checkups over the first year uh, for Zaya, um. Before we see our family doctor, we do like a big we do like a big rundown with the registered nurse and you know weight and all that stuff and how's breastfeeding going and a bunch of stuff and then and and then um, you know early on I think at the first appointment they were like and how are and how are how are you two doing you know like and they you know ask Kyla about if she's feeling sadness or feeling the baby I think they I feel like they frame it as the baby blues in the, yeah. at, at the yeah. office um, at the at the medical office and then. And then every subsequent time that we go in there, which is pretty frequently, I mean, it's every, I mean, at first it's every, it's very frequent. And then it's, you know, it gets a little bit uh, more spaced out over the first year, but they, they are always asking about it. And so I, I was like, I was very happy from the, from the standpoint of doing this show and talking about depression and anxiety a lot and knowing how many people that affects and how serious it is that in the space of a year, we probably saw that we have probably seen the doctor five or six times and. I mean, in the space of nine months now, like that's almost being checked up on every like one and a half months mm. about from the from a doctor's office. Like, how are you feeling? And, and I, I, I'm I'm happy. About the amount that. of doctor's yeah. appointments you've had makes me enraged that I haven't been able to see a doctor. Like, all the doctor resources are going to your baby. They're going to me. they're going to babies. Like I don't like the medical system is going. We really want to make sure that these um, that these. Uh, Little things that can't take care of themselves are are, are looked after. I'm going to clinic today. Are you uh, enraged at me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, What's up with all these CF patients getting all the attention? <laughs> um, look, uh, just just for context here uh, about psychological disorders attached to um, uh, postpartum birth. Yeah. Uh, during the subacute postpartum period, psychological disorders may emerge. Among these are postpartum depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, and in rare cases, postpartum psychosis. Postpartum mental illness can affect both mothers and fathers and is not uncommon. Early detection and adequate treatment is required. Approximately 70 to 80% of postpartum women will experience the baby blues, like you said, Tay, for a few days. So that's like very common, few days, baby blues. But between 10 and 20% may experience clinical depression with a higher risk among those women with a history of postpartum depression, clinical depression, anxiety, or other mood disorders, Prevalence of PTSD following uh, normal childbirth, excluding stillbirth or major compl- complications, is estimated between 2.8 and 5.6% at six weeks, mm-hmm. weeks postpartum. Um, so with that, um, Suzanne, did, prior to... Uh, that, We're talking about your first birth, right? I just want to get that clear. Yeah, I have two babies, and it was my first birth, my daughter, Layla. Yeah, so prior to your first birth uh, with Layla... 
did you have any um, any history of like mood disorders or any history with mental health issues at all before this birth? Uh, no, like I, I'm always, I would say I've always been neurotic um, and like a worrier type A, uh, like I would feel stress, but I managed it really well. And I always like took it on and felt like I had, was confident in managing it. Um, so no, I never had any issues where I'd have to talk to a doctor about it or anything. Right. Sometimes I would have like, um, I always felt like sleep was important and I'd worry about that sometimes. Like I'd have a sleepless night, maybe if I was starting a new job or something. Uh, but I never had insomnia either before birth. Mm. And also like I work in the mental health field. Like I, uh, was a psychotherapist for a while and right now I work in the disabilities office at Carleton university. And I see a lot of students with mental health disabilities. It's the number one mental health disability, like disability that we see there. Mm. Um, so it's a big part of what I do. And then I like experience that severe anxiety for myself. Yeah. That was interesting. I mean, having, <clears throat> having, having gone through that, that, um, that experience with Kyla not that long ago, like it is very, especially if you describe yourself as a, as sort of type a, um, warrior, Kyla's Kyla's sort of in that camp as well. Um, not so much on the, well, nah, yeah, she's in that camp. She's listening, so I'm trying to like really get it, really get it right. Um, no, Kyla, Kyla worries. Yeah. It's like a healthy worry. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely worry. And then I the get th- I get texts from Kyla about once a week going, "Where is Taylor?" <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Hey, Kyla, this is totally normal. He's totally. lost, um, and don't worry about it." Um, but it it is a it is if that is if that is the your your if that's sort of like kind of your default mode in life, and then you have a baby. I mean, like. There's so much Man, shit to worry about. Dude, they're 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 oh, right yeah. there. I mean, <laughs> I and I am I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. Like I am yeah. not a not a care in the world, easygoing, like not worry about anything. Yeah, in an you guys unhealthy are probably a good way. match. Then she probably needs that. But but then I can see when 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 we had Zaya in the bassinet beside our bed in the middle of the night, and I'm going, is she breathing? Mm, like yeah. th- like that's a worry. Like even though that's that's Ooh. that's so irrational and so far from my from my norm, I can, it's very easy for me to see how, like how anxiety can take root. And, and I don't, and, yeah. I, and I know that anxiety isn't necessarily a rational sort of thing where it's like a thing that's making you anxious. I know that you can experience anxiety. I experienced anxiety this morning. I woke up and I went, huh, I'm anxious. No idea why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, but I can see how it can take root. So like when, like, how does all this start for you after after you have your baby? Like, and and working in the field, when are you noticing? Well, maybe all be, this stuff happen just before we get to that. If if you don't mind, I, yeah, I'm curious about the actual uh, the nine months leading up to the baby coming out of you. Yeah, let's talk about that. Was was <laughs> um, was that a stressful, anxiety inducing experience for you, or was it pretty like run of the mill? This is what this is what happens. We're everything's been expected, like. Before the baby came, was it a stressful, um, was it a stressful event for you? Uh, not so much. So there, like, there was a bit of history there because we started having a baby in 2018, um, and trying to have one and we had two miscarriages pretty quickly together. Um, so the first one was in May, 2018 and it was like an early miscarriage. And then the second one was in September, 2018 and like those were difficult, obviously, but for me, it was actually 
like my husband took it harder than I did. Mm. Uh, he was just really worried about like, will we have a family? And I kind of just mm. took it one step at a time. Like it was hard, but I got through it and he did too. Um, and then we got pregnant. Um, the, actual, the second miscarriage was interesting because it was my birthday. I turned 31. Oh, wow. uh, Ottawa had like tornado. It was the like big tornado event in Ottawa. Like we don't oh, really well, yeah, have yeah. that. Our power was out and we were at a restaurant. We came home and I was bleeding. I was miscarrying. So it was oh. like, it was a fucked up time. Yeah, <laughs> then um, that Christmas, my like an aunt who was really special to me. Um, she had a stroke and then she passed away that Christmas. Um, and then two days after she died, we found out we were expecting a baby again. Um, so the timing was weird. Cause I was like excited, but I was also grieving my aunt mm. and um, it felt like right though. Cause there's a new life after, after she died. So my, my baby's named after her. Her middle name is after my aunt. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, so the actual pregnancy went well. I wasn't too stressed. My actual, like my husband, again, he's kind of like you, Taylor. He doesn't stress that much in general, but he found like the baby being in me was very stressful. Like he felt helpless. Like what's happening in there? Is everything mm. going well? I didn't really worry too much about that. And, um, so things are pretty chill with the pregnancy toward the end uh, I had high blood pressure. So things changed then. And that kind of escalated everything, like snowballed everything. Um, because I was with a midwife and they can't take you if you have high blood pressure because they can only do like low risk pregnancies. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you get that sign, they have to refer you out um, and you're considered high risk. Mm -hmm. um, so I was referred to an OB, which was a bit like that was like a big step. I had already like established a really good relationship with my midwife and I liked their style a lot. And then, um, because of the high blood pressure, I had to take some medication for it toward the end of the pregnancy and I had to be induced for birth. So I know like, um, your wife was induced too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like fully induced, like from the start. So like, that's, a different level too, where they like, I was not ready at all for birth, but they yeah. had to get me going. Like you weren't dilated in any way at, at all. Yeah. I wasn't dilated at all. Yeah. Um, so I was there for three nights total in the hospital to have my daughter. And, um, like that's when I just started to feel like I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep the entire time at the hospital, except for maybe 20 minutes. Should I get mm -hmm. into that or? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. You're okay. like, you're like, I feel like you're telling my, you're telling my story up to just now. I'm like, holy shit. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Zero, zero, not my story. Kyla's story. <laughs> Your story. Zero, yeah. Cent, yeah. zero. Cent, Taylor's like, the main character. Not, <laughs> but I'm yeah. Di no dilation, three nights in the hospital, <laughs> induction. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Also, your baby's so cute. I see pictures on Instagram. <laughs> I just want to reach out and uh, speaking to that. Speaking to that sort of like insomnia during the and maybe insomnia isn't the right word. I'm not sure, but when you guys were in the hospital, Taylor, uh, you and Kyla, uh, you didn't sleep for like three days. And yeah, and when you got home, I was looking after your dog, and you guys were like. Total Del zombies. Delirious. It like, was. It was. Yeah. The, it's the most. It's the most tired I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. One hundred percent. Suzanne, was it? Was it like that for you? <laughs> 
Definitely. I was definitely a zombie. So like the bed was so uncomfortable and in the hospital, like it was like a labor bed or something. And they're just like hard as a rock. So that was tough. And then, um, I was hooked up to a bunch of stuff. So that made it hard. And then they were Mm. constantly checking on the baby before I had her. And then sometimes they would just have to do that for a long time. And so there was no way I could sleep the night before the birth. Uh, then the birth happened and I had her at like 945 at night. Um, and then I still didn't sleep that night. And actually a nurse came in and she's like, if you want, like my husband was sleeping. And then uh, she was like, if you want, I'll just like uh, walk the baby around the ward for you and you can get a little rest. And I was like, that sounds amazing, which is funny because now I would never do that. Like I'm bonded <laughs> more to my babies and I wouldn't be like, you're a random nurse. Just take the newborn <laughs> <laughs> from my sight. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched too many movies to feel like I'd, I'd be cool with that too. I'd be like... You're not, Am I in a plot? Are, are you not a actually movie? a nurse? Are you going <laughs> to just like run out here, run out of here with her? Yeah. yeah, it kind of tells like what kind of state I was in. And later we talked about that, how I was grateful for it to some, like a head nurse that came in to check on us. And she's like, oh, that's not allowed at all. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Oops. Holy oh, shit. interesting. <laughs> See, I'm kind of, I'm like, I was kind of close. You know, yeah. you know. She wasn't going to steal her, but she shouldn't have been doing that. You know that that's not allowed? Because at one time it was, and, and then someone walked happened. on out with that baby. That's which right. is yeah, like gnarly. so disturbing. I've read those stories. <laughs> not not uh, to make you feel bad in hindsight about that <laughs> decision, Suzanne. Um, <laughs> um, I I could I could totally understand. I think you know what's funny is I have no way to relate to this experience personally, but I think about like after like a really <laughs> exciting or eventful or even stressful day when you have that moment of like being able to um, finally get some sleep. And I always find that in those moments when I probably need sleep the most, it's so difficult to go to sleep because it's like, mm-hmm. there's all this like processing of like what just happened yeah, and like yeah. you're, you're jacked up and stuff. So I, I'm curious, like, was it for, for you? Like was in that moment, were you able just to like pass out completely when she, when she took the baby for a bit or was it hard to like get sleep in that moment? In that moment, I just passed out immediately, but it was like literally less than 20 minutes. And that's all I slept that entire week. But when I got, when I got home, um, then I had the same experience as you, whereas when I was finally like able to rest and people were helping me with the baby and I could like go to a separate space and try to sleep, my mind wouldn't turn off. Like I kept thinking about the birth and trying to process it because during the day I was trying to do all these details and learn like how to breastfeed and pump milk and all that stuff with babies. And like just the weight of, oh my God, I'm responsible for another life and I can't even take care of mine right now. It was just way overwhelming. You know, it's so fucking crazy that I have to admit right now um, is that when I used to think of maternity leave for moms, I used to think that it was like, for lack of a better word, I used to think that it was like a vacation. Like you have all this time off and you're just getting to spend time. Wow. It, he and, said, and, he literally, he literally you know said that. And, oh my I think God. People do though. Well, so I think, but I think it's, I can, I think I can empathize with that. I think it's important to say that and make, yep. and at, at my own expense of looking like a fucking piece of shit and saying that, <laughs> I think it's important to say that because, because I do think that Whoa. there's Relax, a lot. Relax, Brian. Holy shit. No, I'm getting, I'm getting jacked up because Jer is free. 
reacting to it to make it <laughs> seem like it's the worst thing ever. I mean, Bri, but, there's a lot of things that I think and I definitely don't say. I know, and the reason why I say it is because, again, <laughs> at my expense, I think it's important to highlight that because I it's think a, that there's... A, yeah, people you know, think that. Especially in the workplace. Like I agree, in, yeah. in big organizations where people are like, oh, well, you know, that woman was just off for 12 months or that person who just had a baby was... Just off for twelve months must be nice. Like I oh, laughed. Yeah? Like, do you know how much work is involved with that? I and laughed even- because I because I I I <laughs> thought how insane it was that you said that, and then but like in the exact same moment as I laughed, I realized that you I had, had the all, same. I thought. had that thought before having a baby. Totally. I, I just yeah. really want I just want to state that I've never had that thought. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a guy at work that told me to enjoy my time off when I left. Yeah, <laughs> and I think yeah. he had that thought too. Like, it, and it's not a, it's not a, it's not a feeling of of va- of like they're going on vacation. It's it's a feeling of it's a fe- it's it's an it's a lack of understanding of how much work it is. Yeah, totally. Like it's yeah. just like you cannot imagine how much work it is. And it's, and it's amazing. I mean, fuck it, dude, it's Kyla's, it's Kyla doing it. It's not me. So I'm not going to act like I'm the one I'm, I'm like, it's amazing work. I'm like, I'm not the one doing it. I mean, I'm doing some of it, but like, it's a, it's a, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all day, it's all, all day. the time, yeah. every moment. I think other that, than when they're having a nap. And I, I think even, even without <laughs> yeah. having um, some form of postpartum um, mental illness impact you, it's way more work than I thought. Like being exposed to, um, like Taylor, your your baby's the first baby that like I've been super close to, and like have have had the experience of like you know getting to know the details day in day out of what goes on to take care of that child, and it's even more than I could have imagined the amount of work that yeah, is. So. Yeah. So yeah, I have a lot of respect for. And you're getting it from like what my experience is, which is like half or less of what Kylo's experience is. Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, hard, it's hard to understand that it's 24-7 until you're in it. You're like, okay, this is what that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now, what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Suzanne, after the after you after the baby came, um, I know that, uh, but like I, I actually I don't know. Um, I'm hoping you can tell me. Uh, postpartum is it something that is like immediate, or or does it take? You know, are you are you coming down off the high of having the baby for a few days before you start to feel um, anxiety or feel you know in other cases depression or things like that. For me, the anxiety was immediate. Like I could tell something was off like right away. Just when she was like when Layla was born, I didn't feel super connected to her. And it's kind of a myth too that moms always feel like amazingly connected to their kid as soon as they come out. Like they're a stranger, you might not. Uh some moms do, but I just felt numb uh and just grateful that she was healthy, but and not negative toward her, but not super positive either. It's just like, okay, I made a baby. This I'm relieved that birth is over. 
And so that was weird to not feel bonded. And then, yeah, I just immediately felt numb and like a zombie. And it just got increasingly worse that first week when I wasn't sleeping. Mm. Uh, And my husband was really alarmed because I just looked like I would have a blank stare. I wouldn't like, like, I'm usually pretty animated. I wasn't smiling uh, or crying. Like I was just staring off into space uh, and everything was like too stimulating for me. Like Mm. uh, I couldn't think straight. And and I, I know that I, I know that the conversation around <clears throat> uh, mental health in general is better these days than it was in the past. Um, but I, I know at this at this point, obviously, you might be you might be like acutely or subconsciously aware that something's kind of not the same, like that there's something's something's off. But I, I'm assuming you're not having the the thought you know, I'm, I'm experiencing postpartum depression or something like that in the moment. And also the, like, I'm thinking of those that having that feeling of not being connected to your baby <laughs> after they're born and sort of like the stigma that you sort of place on yourself, that you might be placing on yourself because of the narrative of that this moment is supposed to be X, Y, Z. Like it's supposed to be these, these, this like basket of, things that you know the world sort of tells you about having a baby and the that experience of having a baby and you're not feeling those things I like did did did, was that going through your mind like were you sort of going were you kind of judging yourself blaming yourself for 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 not feeling the way that maybe you thought you should yeah I think like I my background with mental health made it so I didn't go crazy where I I mean like I didn't super stigmatize myself with it or feel like a ton of shame with it. But I did feel a lot of pressure on myself. Like I need to be functioning for my kid and I need to be sleeping and I need to do this and that. Like there was a ton of pressure there, but I don't think the mental health aspect, I was feeling the stigma. Um, my sister was helping and she was like sleeping beside the baby. And I'm like, why can't I do that? I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, like, she's a public health nurse and she's a mother of two. And she was like, this is normal. Like you're having the baby blues. If you're like, it would be weird if you weren't feeling this way in the first couple of weeks. And I was like, no, this, this isn't normal. Like I'm on day five of not sleeping. <laughs> like I, this is not like, this is not how it's supposed to be. So luckily because I had that background, I think it really helped me because I reached out for support and yeah. talked to doctors about it. Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> one thing that I, um, Insomnia is is like such a wild experience for people. Um, and my my mother went through like a bout of insomnia once when I was uh, younger. And I don't know how long she didn't go without sleeping. It could have been a week, could have been more. But it ended up with her being admitted to uh, the hospital on the psych ward because she went completely delirious and, and like into a bout of psychosis. And it was yeah, like I could see how that would happen. really fucking scary. Um, for people who aren't like familiar with insomnia, can you kind of talk to us about what that experience was like? And like at the most intense, like what that felt like to give us a bit of context as to what insomnia is, is actually like. Uh, Sure. So it just felt like racing thoughts. Like every time I would try to sleep, I would feel a sense of panic at like after a while because I'm like, I still haven't slept. It's four days. Like, so I would try to close my eyes and I would just like panic. Like my body would go into fight or flight response. I would be like high adrenaline. And then I also started worrying about my health because I 
after birth, I still had blood pressure issues um, and it wasn't getting uh, managed. Uh, so I had to go back to the hospital, which is also so hard with a newborn. Um, and I had to stay there for a few hours, a couple times that week, and they would test my blood pressure. Um, so I was like, what if my heart stops? Like my body is under such huge stress. And again, my anxiety was talking like, what if my just heart stops? Um, so all of those thoughts were racing through my mind all the time. And it felt like my body was tingly. I had no appetite. The biggest thing was my zombie appearance, like, and Mm. affect. And then like, um, like my sister was so excited to give me gifts and I was like, okay, like, thank you. Like I had no ability to like process the gifts or Mm. act excited or fake it. Uh, my thoughts were all like jumbled up and it was hard to get them out. Um, even with all that, I felt like, wow, I'm kind of like, I am doing some baby stuff every day and getting stuff done. Like I was like, how am I doing this? Like bodies are incredible. Like that I went a week without sleep and like, holy, I actually did like function fairly good considering. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But one of the big events that week was I went to the, do the blood pressure checks at the hospital and the doctor there, I like, I went with my friend and she was helping me talk to the doctor about what's been happening and how hard it's been for me. And, um, the doctor was like, welcome to new motherhood. You don't sleep. And I was like, okay. Mm. Like I had no capacity to like further talk about that. Mm. And my Mm. friend was like, but she hasn't slept in days. Like, is there not a medication she can have to get through this? Like something. And the doctor would kind of like brushed it off and said, no, no. Like there's not a lot of sleep meds that would work with breastfeeding. Like you just, this is what it is. So they dismissed it as, uh, did it seem like they were dismissing it as, you are not sleeping because you have a baby that's not allowing you to sleep. Like that. Yeah, was it's just like this is normal. Like the normal not sleep. sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah they weren't yeah. getting it. Like, and also I had a student doctor who went through all the details with me too. So she said that in front of the student doctor, and I was just like, it's sad. Uh, but then I kept not sleeping, and later that week on the Friday, I went to my family doctor clinic, and I talked to a doctor there, and that's when everything changed for the insomnia because he's like, it would be unethical for me not to give you medication, like you need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he gave me trazodone, which is like a antidepressant, um, but they often give it just like I wasn't depressed, but it was just for sleep. It also helps mm. as a sleep aid, and it's not like one of the really like the ones you get dependent on for sleep the really addictive ones. Mm. And it worked with breastfeeding. Like he checked it out. He's like, yeah, you can take this amount and be fine with breastfeeding. Um, And he like recommended a book to me that I read called say goodnight to insomnia. I forget who wrote it, but <laughs> it's just um, the book. The book is just so fucking boring that it just makes you sleep. <laughs> I it's was actually a, thinking that. Like, it's, maybe that'll make sleep. It's, it's literally just a picture book and there's just sheep and each sheep has a number on it. Yeah, and turn the castle, page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of like busted sleep myths for me because I started panicking about like not like just not sleeping itself. Yeah. Um, And he also busted sleep myths. He was like, your your heart isn't going to stop unless you start taking a ton of energy drinks right now to try to keep up, which I wasn't doing. I like, I was trying to like keep my anxiety as lower, lower as so no. Mm-hmm. And he said that could make your heart do weird things, but otherwise you're going to be fine. And he's like, your sleep drive will kick in. You're not going to be on adrenaline the whole time. Your sleep drive will take that over and it will, it'll kick in for you. Mm. And he just saved me. Like I was so happy <laughs> for that doctor. 
And I went yeah. home, took my trazodones, and slept for the first time. And it was beautiful, but it was still a rocky road. <laughs> That's a really, it's a really great example of like self advocacy. You know, like the the whole get a second opinion, go see somebody else. Like if you're not getting, if you're not getting the, if you feel like you're not getting heard the way that you know in your gut that you should be. Um, like that student doctor who's mm-hmm. just like sitting there going, nah, it's just, this is fucking normal. Like you're, no one sleeps after they have a baby. Um, but, but you're, you know, you are like, no, I know what you're saying, but I'm literally not sleeping period. Like this isn't like some normal sort of my sleep schedule isn't what it used to be. Yeah. This is, this is literal insomnia. Um, and then going to get a second opinion from somebody that, w- which I assume like your family doc is someone that you know, has a history with you, knows you, um, you know, you don't have a history with this person where you're going in just saying mm-hmm. off the wall shit that, you know, they're constantly rolling their eyes at. They're hearing you and they're giving you, you know, they're putting in the work that needs to be done to actually help you. Like that's, I'm glad you, uh, you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. This was like at the clinic. So that doctor, I didn't, I hadn't talked to before, but, um, he wasn't like, he was amazing and he definitely heard mm. me. Mm-hmm. And I was like desperate. So I just like, I have to try whatever it takes. Like I was fantasizing. I never had suicidal thoughts or like um, thoughts to harm my baby, but that is com- like, that's common too with postpartum mm-hmm. yeah. anxiety and depression. Like, thank God I didn't, but um, I was fantasizing about just, I wanted to go to a hospital and like them put me out, put like, just put me under, make me conked out, like do what you have to do. <laughs> um, so I was just so desperate that I was like, I'll try my family doctor. I'll see what that, what happens, uh, there. And it's, yeah. It's it's so wild that like this, the stats chair that you were reading at the start about postpartum, yeah. uh, mental illnesses and, and how, um, like relatively common there. It's, yeah. it's surprising that there isn't more like proactive consideration of like, especially the trivialization of, of these mental illnesses by referring to, and I, I know that the baby blues are a more common thing, but like the fact that like, it doesn't really quite match to me. The fact that you like refer to this thing as the baby blues, knowing that it can actually be really intense and be much more akin to, or, or be a mental illness. And so I, I feel like there should be more consideration up front of, about the, smaller minority of people who will have these much more intense experiences because like, as you mentioned, you didn't have this experience where you wanted to harm your baby, but that is um, a thing that can occur. And it would be sad to think that a doctor didn't hear somebody talking about their experience and help them sooner when there were indications that, that they might be going through a more intense experience like that. Yeah, exactly. It's uh I think it needs to be talked about more. And yeah. like like Taylor said, you're checked in on after birth, but it is more about the baby. Like those check-ins are for the baby to get vaccinated and stuff and to check mm-hmm. their weight and stuff. And they do check in about your mental health, but it does feel weird because in pregnancy, they're constantly checking you. Like I had so many appointments right before birth. And then afterward, you're kind of like, okay, peace out. Like hopefully the baby, like I'll check the baby's weight and stuff. They don't. Yeah. And, and um, I, like, <clears throat> I think one of the things that <clears throat> stands out to me as you said as you said that Bri, is is and something that is um you know in the gigantic machine that is public health care is is very hard or hopefully not impossible to do or else maybe we're doomed but 
is like the uniformity of care, like a standard of care that is always adhered to no matter what. Like you can, you can point to, um, like Kyle and I had an amazing experience at the, at the IWK with having Zaya. Then on the show, like yeah. three months later, yeah. we highlighted a story which was basically that a, a woman opposite. was like yeah. neglected for 48 hours yeah. because there was no rooms and the and there was overflow and there was no staff and it was just it, it was the complete opposite experience. Yeah, that's that story is so scary. I I heard that one. And 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 like and then and then you know our experience with with talking about de- de- depression and postpartum issues, like I felt and Kyla felt like that was pretty well supported in both the IWK and our family doctor, but I know that there are experiences with people where they're not getting that. And you know, when I think about this is a weird this is a weird comparison to draw. But when I walk into a Lululemon store, I know, dude, that's so funny. I was thinking of I that. know <laughs> I'm going into a Lululemon store. I know what it's going to look like. I know where everything is, and I know exactly the type of person that works there. And I know that every single Lulu employee in every Lulu store in this country all sound the same. They all have like, the same voice. <laughs> and I don't mean that they're the same people. They've got like they just got like traits that yeah. Lulu hires. They yeah. hire people to and and again, medical system, much different story, <laughs> much harder, much bigger fucking machine. Wait, are you saying that? The medical system needs to be more like Lululemon. They just need to pluck Lululemon employees and then train them all as nurses and doctors and social workers. Um, and but if there was, if you could, if you could basically take that that like ness, that like Lulu ness of like how they approach that, and then somehow infuse it into like the care or like the attention to care that people get. Mm-hmm. Maybe that sounds dumb to the average person listening to me say that, but, um, what doesn't that comes out of our mouth, <laughs> <laughs> but like it would be, you know, like th- that uniformity of care, like that you can get mm-hmm. such, such polarizing experiences, su- such polarized experiences yeah. in as the healthcare a, system. As a former Lululemon employee, I'm really flattered Taylor that you think <laughs> that I would be, I would funnel in perfectly into the healthcare system. Uh, Brian, you'd be, you'd, you'd, You'd you'd spend way too much time on people's feelings, and you wouldn't even look at a chart. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't even be able be to look a, at the science. A psychologist. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just speaking on like what Taylor said, it is such a varied experience, and they like I would get such different advice, like from nurses that would come in about how to breastfeed in the hospital. Like everyone would say something different, which again was like so overwhelming because I just want to know like yeah what to do. What is the way? <laughs> yeah, Zen at. After um after you finally were able to sleep, um, it's my understanding that that didn't sort of resolve your anxiety and and the sort of other things that came with that. So like once you were finally able to sleep, what sort of improved and what didn't and what was that like? Uh, yeah, so like that acute, like severe crisis, I would call it at the very beginning was over when <laughs> I finally slept because after that I slept every night, uh, but I didn't sleep all, like all the time. Sometimes it was two hours, but at least I had sleep after that. Um, and I would take uh, like for that first week, I would take my trazodone pills and uh, then I would just take them occasionally when I needed them after that. I also started anxiety medication, but it like took a while to kick in and it was like the long-term anxiety meds, um, which helps. I'm still taking them. I have a second kiddo now. I'm on that leave now with my second. Um, 
And so I still had insomnia. I still had trouble sometimes falling asleep. My sleep was still super like fragile. Like if there was something like if the baby was sick and she was having a rough night, like that would really start stressing me out. Um, But like, thank the Jesus (laughs) for my husband, because he was amazing. Like he, he did all the night shifts, like pretty much like the whole time. Like he was off for six weeks and he took on like, like he would stay awake all night and then sleep in the day and we would uh, pump our milk and then he would give the baby that milk. Um, and like, he would sleep in the same room as the baby. I never did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't like my alert system was always like too high. Like every mom has a high alert system or parent, but like mine was just in overdrive, like I, any movement in her crib and I would wake up and like, just have that adrenaline response. And again, I, I think this isn't super uncommon either. Like when, when mom's have anxiety, this happens. And, mm. uh, uh, like I just needed to protect my sleep. We had to do whatever we could to keep my sleep protected so that my mental health could stay stable and I could take care of her. Yeah, I, one, like that makes me wonder about how this entire experience and, and obviously like he's not here to speak for himself, but like from your vantage point, what kind of toll do you feel this uh, postpartum anxiety and insomnia, what what kind of toll did that take on your husband? Yeah, good question. Like, it was hard for him. He's like, what the hell? Like, I wasn't expecting, I knew a postpartum would be hard, but I wasn't expecting this. Um, Yeah, he was just like very stressed. Like he would go on walks and call his parents and be like, I don't know what to do. Like, she's really, really having a hard time. Like just helplessness, I think. Like, um. But I admire his strength in getting through it because he really stepped up and helped uh, me. Like, I wouldn't have gotten through it. I don't know how I would have without him. What has your experience uh, been with this kid? Are, are there any are there any kind of similarities to the previous experience? Is, is, it, com- is it completely different? What's, how, how has uh, the, the, um, the latest uh, child been? Yeah, he's a sweetheart delight. They're both sweetheart delights. I feel very (laughs) connected to them both now. Um, He, his name is Charlie. He's eight months. Um, He, yeah, I was really worried about having another kid. I didn't know for a while if I'd want to because of all this. Um, And I did therapy and then we made like a game plan. Like we kind of, I processed my first birth and my first postpartum with a therapist. And then I made a game plan for this birth. So like, uh, I made sure I had anxiety meds for after birth and my sleeping meds, if I needed them. Um, I made sure I had lots of support. Robert's parents have been extremely supportive too. And like right now they're taking care of Charlie and they helped, uh, with Layla. Um, what else did I do? Uh, just like a game plan for sleep, like knowing that Robert would do a lot of nights if I needed it. And, uh, it's gone way, way better. Like it's still obviously postpartum is rough. And, but when I could sleep, I did sleep this time. And I'm glad that I made all those preparations. I think it helped a lot. Um, one interesting thing is that we had a Jericho storm or something in Ottawa where we had tons of trees down and the power out for a long time. And our neighborhood was one of the worst hit. So like at like a few days postpartum, we had no power in our house for nine days. Oh no. (laughs) So we had to, we had to go to, even with that barrier, I still did much better. Um, but we had to go to Robert's aunt's house. And again, 
with the support. We were so lucky. And they set it up beautifully for us to live there for nine days. Um, but it's still weird to be like out of your house when you first have a baby. Mm. Yeah. All you, all you kind of want is like your own space. Yeah. I'm really curious. I don't know if there's a, like a, a good way to ask this question, but I'm, I, I'm curious about like, he's going to try, pre- <laughs> I'm going to try. Pre-partum. He's going to say, don't you think it was all in your head? And then, and then, and then we're going to say, oh my God. you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> then, <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys are dicks. Uh, I'm curious about like pre-partum Suzanne versus postpartum Suzanne. And like this <clears throat> idea of the expectation of like, having a kid and like all the things that will bring you in your life. And then, you know, you have this experience where you now live with anxiety afterwards and there's all these other sort of challenges that come with it that from my perspective of not having a kid, I'm like, Oh, I didn't even think of like this, the like quote unquote downsides of, of having a kid. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, like, it sounds like this has been a really challenging experience for you to go through um, the postpartum insomnia and anxiety and you're on anxiety medication, you know, indefinitely now, which you weren't on before. Like, how do you, in, in talking to your therapist, I'm sure that this is something that's come up. Like, how do you sort of wrap your head around the difference between like life pre-babies versus life post-babies and balancing and weighing like, the amazing things that they bring to your life, but also this, these challenges that maybe you didn't anticipate would come with them after having the babies. Yeah. Good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I try to be really real about it. So I, I try to talk to like anyone who will listen about my experience and that it isn't like, you always hear people say like, savor these moments they're yeah. so joyful and they really are like obvious there's so much joy with kids and like meaning but like the everyday tedium of having a kid is not always joyful and I just try to be so authentic with that to try to be like I think that helps me with it mm-hmm. um but about prepartum I don't know I think it's like I'm happy that I like got that help to get on the anxiety meds and for me, it won't be like forever. I kind of know like I'm going to stop once I'm done pumping my milk and Mm -hmm. like my hormones kind of go back to being normal. (laughs) Um, I think I'll be okay to get off of them. So I just kind of see it as like a cushion of support for the first year after birth. I don't know if that answers your question though. It, it, it does. Um, but it makes me also think about like my, when I talk to my therapist, um, (laughs) she's been helping me to use the word and instead of but. And when I think of your situation and I put myself in your shoes trying to imagine what it would be like, you know, having these babies and then think like hearing like, oh, babies are the best thing ever. You're not, you you won't realize how much you can love something until you have a baby and it's going to bring all this joy to your life. And then you have this experience where it's like, oh, fuck. Well, actually, like it also brought anxiety and it brought (laughs) insomnia and it brought all these other things that I may not have. I'm still on those meds too. Like birth just messed that up permanently for me. (laughs) And so I guess part of the challenge in in like thinking back to how I frame that question, I didn't want it to sound like a 
but qu- uh, a, a but framing where it's like, hey, you expected these things, but you got this thing. It's hey, you expected these things, and it's beautiful, and it's all these amazing things, and it's also a challenge in a big part in a in a big way too. And so trying to like understand that sort of mixed bag. I mean, this is one of the great things about therapy is like understanding all of those elements of those feelings and emotions you can go through because I'd say probably more often than not, if not always your experience is shaped by a whole number of different feelings and emotions, um, that come with an experience. So it's, it's hard. Like I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around what it would be like to feel that intense, the intense challenge of, of the insomnia, anxiety and high blood pressure and also the joy that comes with can having I, a kid too. Can I try to frame yeah. it, frame it to you in a way that I think you'll I think you'll immediately get? Sure. If you've been through insomnia and anxiety and no, I just mean that. I just mean that. I just mean. I just mean in like the, in the way that you're like it brings all this joy and it also brings all these challenges and like yeah. and and that they're not. It's not like it only brings one or the other. It like it it's going to bring both for everybody. For some, obviously, more more intensely than others. Yeah. Um, but like when we hiked, um, when we did the second day of the Inca Trail up and over that mountain pass, like that sucked. But mm. it was also mm-hmm. the most fucking incredible mm. thing ever. It's like it was wet and cold and snowing yeah. and gross and our knees hurt and our feet hurt and it's yeah it's a, like, it's a camping trip in the rain yeah in the moment it sucks and then you're like but then when you look back on it you go fuck that was awesome you're like that was the most yeah. incredible thing like yeah. this is and like in the moment like it's it's like it can like it can it can suck and be the most incredible thing yeah Dude, that's, 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 that's pretty good man there, like there's some shit analogies that come out of this show and that's not one of them yeah, yeah like, because, like, it's just the everyday grind of it can be yeah. so tough and sometimes boring and, like, hard. And then also with all the layers that I had. But, yeah, overall, like, big picture, it's so, yeah, like, meaningful and watching them grow and discover things. When and, you can zoom out, you're mm-hmm. like, wow, I mean, this is amazing. not to play devil's yeah. advocate, but, like, I would push back on that analogy and say when you sign up for the Inca Trail, you know it's going to be hard. You know it's going to be mm, tough. Yeah. And, and you know it's going to be beautiful. When you sign up for having a baby, oftentimes you don't think and media doesn't portray the challenges that come with it. And so when you go through the experience and and you all of a sudden find yourself going, holy fuck, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be and way more fucked up than I thought it was going to be. And your experience doesn't mirror the more common experience of things going, you know, well, fairly well. It is None. pretty shattering. Like I think I had to make a new like identity for myself. Yeah. Of how big of like my mom role and what that means to me and that kind not, of thing. I mean, not to play devil's advocate, but I will to your to your point, to, Brian. So, so I'm gonna, <laughs> Angels so, so, advocate. This is, this is a great uh, debate here. Um, I I I would say I do feel I do have a. I mean, and and here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the comparison that like every fucking parent hates. But <laughs> when you get a puppy, when you get a puppy, <laughs> that shit's. Yeah, that shit sucks. Like you have a puppy and you're like, fuck dude. Like, and especially if you are someone who's working and you have a puppy, like it is highly stressful. It's constant. It's day to day. Now that lasts for whatever, two months. And then you're like, okay, cool. This thing is like, it's a sample. It's a sample. Right. And it's enough. But I look back on when I got donut or, or when I got Bigby, I mean, you don't have to push the dog out, but like, 
That would be the thing that would really I, take dog own it to the next level. But, if you had but, to push it out. But guys, I think you're missing yeah. the point. And the, the reason why I'm asking, I want to put this to Suzanne <laughs> to talk about is because like, Jerry, even in the point that you're making, you're talking about the, the average experience of having a puppy. Not the one that comes with like the holy fuck I got this dog and it's and it bit a kid yeah, and yeah, like yeah. now I have to deal with this <laughs> wow. like we're yeah. really going down well, there. Saying, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like worst case scenario, yeah, what yeah. the fuck was I didn't plan for this yeah. to happen. Yeah. And so yeah. I, know, I, I mean no, I, I do I do want I do want to <laughs> give it to Suzanne, but I but I just want to say that uh, t- your point, Taylor, made a lot of sense to me. Like I heard it did that to me went, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Anyway. Oh, yeah, like, so I was really, I was pretty experienced with kids. Like, I ha- I'm i an aunt. I have four, uh, I have one nephew and three nieces, and I had them since I was, like, a teenager, um, most of them. Um, and I'm, like, a really nurturing person. Like, I'm really good with kids. So, like, we went to a birth class and a young kid class before we had our kid, and I felt like I was the most experienced person there. Like, most people hadn't done a diaper before and all that stuff. So I did feel pretty confident about that stuff. And then it is pretty shattering when you go into it and then you're like, holy, yeah, I wasn't ready for that. Um, Yeah, it was, I guess the only word I could think of is shattering. Well, in that, in that, (laughs) in that preparation um, that you did, do you remember anybody ever talking about the, did you ever like in hindsight now, do you ever see, do you see your experience that you're going through now reflected in any of that sort of preparatory work that was done? Not really. I mean, um, I was really close, like with my brother's kids and I saw the everyday, like what it's like and how hard it is and how cool it is. So I kind of had that, but they didn't have, like you said, they didn't have what I had where I was super anxious. Um, so not really like my sister had some struggles postpartum. So I did see that, but it was different than my struggles, but it was limited. And then, mm-hmm. um, right now what really helps is like, uh, Instagram, uh, or podcasts where there are moms talking about reality of motherhood and not trying to fake it or act like it's hundred percent amazing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that really, really helps to be able to relate and to see that it's not just me. Like there's tons of moms that, um, feel this way um and like see all the joys and challenges and we'll talk about it like that's helped immensely totally. Kyle and- actually just just mentioned to me yesterday the day before like that there that she seems to notice a, like a, a movement on Instagram I think she was talking about particularly of like kind of throwing out the whole highlight reel um sort of functionality that uh, Instagram typically portrays. Yeah, and, I try and, to avoid those and, at and, all costs. And that she yeah. sees, like, she sees, she sees a, a, a move towards a lot more content that is, that is more focused on the reality of the average experience of having a kid. God, that's not my algorithm at and all. The challenges that come with it. <laughs> my, all, my algorithm, all it is, is just babies like eating peas and like giggling. <laughs> it's like it's it it really is intoxicating. Jer sent me a Jer sent it's me a bad. video yeah. a couple you weeks ago. You should see how cute my kiddo is. Like, <clears throat> yeah. both it, of them. It's, it's ridiculous. so silly. Fuck, it's fucking bad. And <laughs> then I open up Instagram today and I just see Taylor in a hammock with his baby high fiving her. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, that's what I was oh, thinking of when I said one. she's so cute. Oh my god, one. you need one, Jeremy. You'd be <laughs> so good as a dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you would be so good as a dad. Yeah. I don't want to be that. You know, guys, no, 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 guys, guys, guys. Let's go. Have a baby, Suzanne. Uh, what's the biggest? What's out of you know your experience with postpartum uh, anxiety and insomnia? What would you say is the biggest thing that that has taken away from you? 
I guess like uh, my confidence, uh, not now, <laughs> but especially in my first postpartum, my confidence and like, yeah, my feeling steady at what I was doing. But I like it's nice to see the journey now com- and compare it because I feel much more confident and healthy and happier this time around. Before you ask that mm-hmm. final question, Jerry, I want to and not to not to get in an in an analogy competition, Okey but doke. I was thinking about. I wanted to add before we switch the topics there at the end that like I imagine that watching, you know, like in the in the preparation of like having a baby and being an aunt and seeing all these people having their babies and like it going well and then looking at that and going, oh, I want to, I'm going to do that too, and it's going to be just like their experiences. I remember the first time I did salvia, smoke salvia and, and, uh, and all of my group of friends are smoking and they're like running down, having this like hallucin, like hallucinating trip. And there, it looks like so fun. And one person smokes and they run down the field and they're like holding a tree branch up and painting the sky. And like the next person runs down and they're having this amazing trip. And then I smoke it and I'm running towards them so excited to like trip out with them. And then all of a sudden the world just goes black and I had the darkest experience ever. Is Salvia yeah. ever, is Salvia I come ever back. posted up as... It's very being, rarely fun. I yeah, come I back and I'm holding my arms up to the sky and Taylor's holding my hands and I'm like, so afraid. And it was like the, it was, it was not all the things I wanted it to be. I don't In think fact, positivity is the headline the experience of Salvia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's scary. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, how we'll many drugs, what drugs have you done? Not as many as you, Jer. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's, what's the biggest thing that postpartum uh, anxiety and insomnia has given you? Uh, I guess like acceptance of that, like of that, like of the experience that it is and like that it's beautiful with the challenges like that mountain climb. And um, I think also I'm really more effective at my job because like I was empathetic before, but now it's just like, holy shit, I get it. When you're having that intense anxiety or insomnia related to school, like I can just relate on another level and get the magnitude of it and how debilitating Mm. it can be. And I think that really helps me with my with students at Carleton and uh, yeah. Mm. So you think of like, you relate to less of like a vacation. Like I did when I thought about maternity leave and you're like, ah, this isn't quite so much a vacation. It's more intense than that. No, I was so excited to go back to work the first time. Not so mm. much this time, but I don't want to make it sound like I hate my my kids either. Like, (laughs) They're the most amazing thing that's ever happened. And Brian's the only one that's taking it that way. <laughs> Brian, Jeremy, Jeremy and I get it. And he's was, thinking it. He's not going to say it. I was making a joke. He's not going to say it. Obviously, it didn't. It didn't. Didn't say it. But that's okay. Well, Suzanne, uh, thank you. This has been uh, this has been a really enlightening conversation, and uh, and it's it was great to sit down and talk to you about your experience with postpartum. Uh, you know, something that I think. Again, like we said at the beginning of the conversation, like something that is uh, a lot more common than most people might uh, think is off the bat. And uh, to hear your experience, I think, is something that will be really beneficial for folks who are, um, you know, maybe presently or in the future going to have a similar experience. So thank you so much. Yay. Thank you guys so much because you were with me the whole time through the highs and lows of motherhood <laughs> when I'm cleaning my bathroom, when I'm doing my dishes. <laughs> oh, good. Um, it's an honor to be on your show and I think you guys are doing amazing work. 
Oh, thank you. We loved having you. Yeah, thank you. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.